Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold, head of marketing of Finos, and this is the Open Source and Finance Podcast. And on this episode of the podcast, I sit down with Kim Prado, who's CIO of U.S. Capital Markets at BMO Capital Markets, or Bank of Montreal. She is also the chair of the governing board here at Finos, and it was great to sit down, learn about her career, and learn about where she sees open source and financial services. So sit back and hit the music. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold, head of marketing for Finos. Hope you're doing well. And today on the podcast, uh, my guest is Kim Prado. She is for BMO, the CIO, U.S. Capital Markets, I and CB, and Office of the COO. She also happens to be for our Finos governing board. She is now the chair um, as of this past July. Kim, say hello. Hello, thank you for having me today. I'm so glad that you could be here. I've been wanting to interview you for a while, so this is awesome. Um, but I do want you, can with all of the acronyms and, and initials, can you tell us what you do at BMO? <laughs> Absolutely. So I run technology across capital markets is the easiest way to put it. Very good. Very good. That is that because the other one was a mouthful, but I get it. I get it. Um, so, so also you are our governing board um, chair, and um, you've you've been vice chair. You've been a board member, um, and, and we'll get into more of that. But, but I really would like to you know start off by by going back in time, and um, you know, and I really would like to know about kind of your journey um, to get to B-Mode, uh, your journey through open source, your journey through technology, your journey, um, I, I believe that you started in accounting, um, you know, based on uh, what I saw for uh, um, for your bachelor's degree. So so how, you know, over time, um, you know, how did you get from, from there to where you are now? And, and let's just talk about Kim for a while. Uh, sure, no, happy to share. So I started my career as an accountant, as you so awesomely picked up on, and I worked in public accounting for seven days and decided it wasn't for me. (laughs) True story. That's awesome. And, And with that, I had the opportunity to join the trader training program at Kidder Peabody. And with that, I worked on every single trading desk as you know, a rotational person and got to learn about all the different lines of business. Anyway, at the end of that, I ended up on the mortgage back desk mm-hmm. and worked with um, the CMO guys, structuring CMOs, helping them, you know, across the whole mortgage business back in the day. And, you know, I got into tech because that was a very data intense business back in the 90s. Yeah. And so yeah. I learned Lotus one, two, three. Oh. And yes. Yeah. And with, the, with the, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that became very valuable on the trade floor, if you could imagine. And so mm. because of that, um, when Kidder went out, a bunch of the trading desks were going to Deutsche and they took me with them. And the reason they brought me with them was because I knew Lotus. <laughs> 
And actually, Deutsche was putting in a brand new trading floor, um, you know, removing the rich video switch and going to a true market data distribution platform with Unix-based workstations and, you know, real-time Unix-based spreadsheets. And so I took the initiative to learn about all of that technology and became a quant rolling out trading models to all the different trading desks and building solutions in real-time spreadsheets. And that was really how I got into tech. That Mm -hmm. then led me to going to Chase Securities. Um, I left Deutsche like four years in and went to Chase and worked for the head of the Govy desk there and built all the pricing models that went out to TradeWeb and Bloomberg. And we actually did the first trade ever on TradeWeb and Bloomberg in the five-year note. So big shout out to the trader at Chase for that um, <laughs> and built all of that using live spreadsheets and the market data distribution platform. And then I was the third employee at BrokerTech and uh, built out BrokerTech and then was part of ICAP. And that led me to Mizuho Securities, where I ran front office technology. So mm-hmm. every asset class across FIC and um, front to back. And uh, one day the trader said to me there, hey, we're going to RBC. And they handed me an offer letter. And that's when I became quote unquote Canadian and went to the Canadian bank, RBC, and worked there for almost 15 years, building Mm -hmm. everything across the the whole capital markets business there. And uh, led me to BMO. Led you to BMO. And so, so, um, I know, I know you kind of simplified what you do there, but but what would you say you do on a you know maybe a daily basis within BMO? Um, just just cross. I, I know you do a lot. Yeah, actually. <laughs> but. No, you're funny. <clears throat> so really, my jo- my job right is to ensure that we build out a best in class technology strategy that aligns to the business strategy. Right. So. I spend my day, my daily, you know, time understanding the business, understanding what they're trying to achieve, where they see revenue opportunities, what they want to grow in. I also spend a lot of my time understanding the regulatory landscape, ensuring that we keep the bank safe and that, you know, we are not just delivering, but we're delivering innovative state-of-the-art solutions that ensure safety and soundness in the environment. So it's really right. the whole piece. Okay. Um, so, so then there's this whole other layer to the technology and the financial services side. Um, you know that that kind of comes with um, with being part of Finos. But um, but again, let's kind of go back a little bit in time. Like, do you do you remember at what point when you're looking at things and going, you know, yes, you know, the bank consumes, um, you know, a lot of open source, or we're starting to realize that. Um, but, you know, but there's probably something else that we can do with this. Uh, you know, what was there kind of a tipping point for you? Or was there something that just clicked like, huh, you know, we need to get more involved here. And then, you know, did that lead to some of your, you know, other decisions within this foundation um, and around it? Oh, I'm so, I love that question. Okay. Yes. there. I, I, it's actually something I'll never forget. So I was sitting in an architecture review meeting probably 10 years ago 
eight, eight to 10 years ago. And they're talking about how we have to scan all the open source that we consume for mm. all of our projects. And they're talking about all this tooling and overhead they're going to implement because they're afraid that we're creating vulnerabilities with the software that we deploy. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying to myself, well, what is open source? Like I was sitting around the table and I'm saying to myself, I don't even know what that means. Like define mm -hmm. open source for me. Right. Then I found out it was, you know, at that time, it was all the libraries that my dev teams were <clears throat> downloading to actually deliver. And this is how my dev teams were keeping costs down. Mm -hmm. They were using what someone else did and they were sharing, you know, and learning about, you know, like best in class ways to approach problems. And then I found out that I had been using open source probably for five years before that. And I didn't even know I was doing it. Right. Right. And so I took an interest in, in it and got to know people in the industry that were very focused on it. And then I found out about the Symphony organization, found mm -hmm. Symphony Foundation that was formed based off the premise of open source, right? right? Of taking something, solving a business problem. And I was like, ah, oh, we're not part of Symphony. I'm not worrying about this. And then I was having lunch with one of the gentlemen that were on that foundation. And they said to me, Kim, you should really look into this now because we've become Pinos. And I said, well, what is that? I met Gab. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is history. But when I think about open source, I think this is why it's so important that we get as many people involved as possible. It's because you build a better product. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly looking at our spend as how much are we going to spend on building things? How much are we going to spend on buying things? Mm -hmm. And now I have a third budget, which how much am I going to spend on open source? Mm -hmm. And I actually have a budget separated out for open source because we do need tooling around it. We do need to make sure that we're safe and sound. But we also need to make sure that we're hiring talent that we want to invest in right. to actually drive that strategy. Right. And um, just one last point on that. If I go back in time, you know, I would say we started with probably two or three people that were focused on open source. Mm -hmm. Now we probably have north of 25 to 30, like wow. drastic amount, right? So it's like starting to even out how, mm -hmm. we're, how we're investing there. Uh, can you say what like time span that was that you went from three to 25? I'd say like five years. That's, um, yeah, that, that's, uh, I, I, I would say that in the past, what's I think the original foundation has been around six, just over six years. Um, and so in that time period, that's, you know, we, I, I would almost venture to say that more of your acceleration in that happened in the past couple of years, maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, especially but it really for... started with all the DevOps overhead, right? Yeah. All this new regulation, all the extra scanning we had to do. Mm -hmm. and, and instead of making it, you know, something difficult to use, mm -hmm. we've made it something, you know, innovative to use. Right. So, so do you also see the, the, the fact that you're talking about a story from 10 years ago when they were talking about scanning all your open source and 
then you look at this year again and you know what's the biggest topic of the year it's is s bombs it, it's you know the the software supply chain and um you know and, and whether that is your know, proprietary or, or open source software supply chain like it's become it's quote unquote all of a sudden become a big thing but but you're talking about something that was going on 10 years ago so at least yeah, yeah. at least <laughs> And, and, and the crazy thing is, because of open source, we deliver faster. Right. Like, you know, people say, how can I be more nimble? Banks are slow. Well, it's not banks that are slow. It's people that are slow and yeah. process, right? But if you think about not reinventing the wheel every time you go to do something, you know, you have a golden opportunity to move fast and spend less money. So why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah, exactly. So, so in fact, you know, let's kind of get into. Um, I'd write. I'd like to key into, um, you know, kind of the recruit and retain um, story that you're going towards as far as hiring people. You know, for or maybe for open source or in open source, and and um, and that obviously your budget has gotten higher for that. What I, what would you say as far as those three people to twenty five people? Could you say in general what they are? You know what is this budget for for open source is it is it oh um, my God. <laughs> it's not I, just I, software right so much right like yeah. i'll give you a great example when you think about the ui ux strategy mm -hmm. um across a bank right it's almost unachievable when you think about it right because it right. needs to be a federated model you become the single point of failure if you try to create frameworks and force everybody to do things the same way. But the reality is people want standardization. They want to be told what they can and cannot do, right? They want help. And yeah. so like within the open source world, we've been able to do it using, using the tools that are out there. So yeah. for example, if you think about what FDC3 has brought to the table, with interoperability, mm -hmm. it's massive. Because even if you don't use FDC3 for you know, connectivity outside your organization, even if you just drive it within your organization, mm -hmm. now you can have two dev teams delivering two different capabilities to solve one problem for the same user in half the time, because now you're not doing it, and you're not developing software in a single file line. You're right. federated. You've got multiple dev teams working towards the same spec to deliver a piece of software or a capability, right? right? That's one example. Another is like around the visualization stuff, right? Like, I, you know, if anybody's ever listened to anything that I've, I've you know, spoken about in the past, mm -hmm. I'm constantly bringing up these perspective libraries. And the reason I'm doing it is because you've got giant teams building charts, building, mm -hmm. you know, scatter graphs, heat maps, this, that. When, if you just look at the tooling that's available through open source, you can just use what's out there, right? right? right. And save yourself a lot of time. Um, other things, you know, like I'm not just pitching the, the projects that, you know, we're, we're passionate yeah. about, but Thank like you. the legend framework is another great example, right? Yeah. Like, being able to ingest data easily. I mean, what's better than that? You know, how many, 
how many developers does a bank have working on a data strategy and a data fabric and bringing in data? Like, so anywhere you can cut corners and, and deliver a faster, more competitive product, why wouldn't you? So that's why I always start with my strategy is build by open source. It's not build and buy. Nice. Um, And I I think too, kind of going back to FTC3, one thing that um, one of the uh, lead maintainers told me was not only do you have multiple teams and it goes faster, but you also have um, uh, more use cases from different customer sets as well. Um, to, to, you know, so, so it's not just the teams, it, it's what they've experienced as well. So, so just like you, you know, when, when, if BMO works, um, you know, on an open source project and, and there are other banks or even other vendors involved with that open source project, then you're getting the experience of the teams, but you are getting the knowledge of, of customer bases that, that maybe you don't have within BMO or maybe they don't have within, you know, their particular bank or, or vendor um, operation. I love what you just said. I'll give you a great example of that. So client technology, right? Something super dear to my heart and hands down the hardest nut to crack because you're aggr- well, next to risk, live risk and live client analytics, right. hands down two of the hardest things to crack. And I say this because they're both true horizontals across the firm. So when you're wearing your, when you're trying to understand your share of wallet with a client, you cannot look at a line of business, right? You're Mm -hmm. going across every asset class there is. And so when you're looking for talent on the street that can aggregate data across multiple asset classes, that can understand big, giant amounts of information coming from multiple sources. You have to laugh when I say this, but who better than the phone company to help you get talent? Because the phone companies have the most data of anyone out there, right? So like when I was building a new CRM team, I didn't go and look for talent in Citibank or in Morgan Stanley. Right. You know where I went? I went to T-Mobile because T-Mobile has been innovating forever, right? Right, right. And when you think about how they've got to deliver to an Android and to an iPhone and to a desktop, it's it's insane. So, and they're not controlling the OS on the device, right? Right, right. So I found an enormous amount of developers that were only doing open source type things because mm. without it they weren't able to deploy across you know an, an os agnostic device right right so it sounds crazy but in financial services we want the phone developers yeah so yeah. anyone from a phone company that's looking for a job your chat to me please <laughs> i will make sure that i include kim's uh linkedin <laughs> bio so they can reach out to her personally uh yes, yes. <laughs> um, very good, very good. Well, and and good because that that does kind of tie in that that sometimes the the recruiting sense is not not only you know not only within the banking world, but it is like if there's an I sometimes call it you know hiring an athlete, um, you know, in, in I guess in college football and other sports too. Like 
you have the skill positions and everything that people are put into, but then, you know, then you have the, the athlete that could play multiple positions, you know, but they, they can just, you can put them and mold them to where you want to be. And, and if somebody has that open source background, you know, and, and understand the concepts of it and understand that, oh, I can go look for this stuff to pull it in, you know, pull in all these libraries to do exactly what we need to do, but why do we need to duplicate it? You know, then, yeah, it, it makes an incredible amount of sense to, to, again, I call it look for athletes. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, what, what about, you know, is, is, is there anything that, that you're thinking about, and maybe this is more stage, you know, two or three along the lines, as far as, you know, how to, you know, retain the talent that, that you're pulling in, especially when it comes to, to open source. Um, you know, it, it's, I mean, just like it's, it's easier to sell to, to customers that you already have, as opposed to, you know, easier and less expensive um, to sell to your current customers instead of getting new ones. You know, like if you have good people, you know, what are the types of things that you've seen that you could do with open source or, or in general with them? Is there anything on that? I think that retaining talent starts at the top and is, is something that you never want to be. It, it has to be front and center every day, all day. You never want to take anything for granted, right? The second you're complacent and you're like, oh, that guy will never leave. That girl's happy. She loved, you know, we paid her well. Right. You're going to lose them. So yeah. I truly believe to retain talent, you've got to be, you've got to be focused on development. You've got to offer training, but more so than just training, training with a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, like giving the masses opportunity to actually be part of the solution mm -hmm. is really important. Like, driving innovation from the ground up is 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 really the best way because if somebody's sitting at their desk with a really good idea right mm -hmm. i want to know about it right i don't want to t have them tell their boss and their boss go oh well we don't have funding for that this year nothing would upset me more than that so what i try to do is i foster an environment where we have no hierarchy right I make a big effort to want to know everyone I physically can. And if I don't know you, it's not because I don't want to know you. Right. It's just because we haven't met yet, but we should. So for example, I run lots of um, uh, cafes. Like we do this, this thing with 10,000 coffees mm -hmm. where we invite people to come and just ask questions, ask me anything, or, uh, you know, we'll pick topics, say, you know, cloud. Let's have, let's have an honest conversation about how we're doing with cloud mm -hmm. and on and on. But the key is to drive innovation. You need a diverse group of individuals who are willing to take risk and put mm -hmm. themselves out there. So yeah. my advice to people who may not feel that they are in a role where they should stay is that you need to really do a hard look at, are you doing everything you can to tell your leadership about you and what you do? Because they're listening. Everybody is trying to retain talent, but it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to action it, right? Yeah. So 
I, I really make an effort to make sure people know that they're valued and they're being heard, right? But at the end of the day, you own your career yep. and it's on you to drive where you're going. So yes. you got to take risk. And I want, you know, for anyone listening out there that's ever worked for me or is working for me today, you know, I can't stress enough that, you know, I, I do see what's going on and I am paying attention, mm-hmm. but I have blind spots and I'm human and I may miss things. So put yourself out there and, and tell people what you're doing and, and why it's interesting or put your ideas out there. But retaining talent is number one on my mind. Yeah, good. Yeah, that, that is a very smart thing to do. Um, that is number well, one on my mind people, too. How are you yeah. doing? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, so we've seen some of the benefits that that you've seen over the years. Um, you know, working through open source, and then you know, and then coming into this um, organization. It, you know, are there? I kind of want to ask two different questions. One is: is there? You know, I know that you hit open source, saw the beauty of it. Um, and then found out about, you know, years later, found out about the foundation, started to get involved with it. Um, but, you know, what, uh, maybe going towards the journey to become, you know, the chair of the governing board of Finos, you know, maybe w- what's driving you there too? Like, like you could, you could just be on the board. You could just be, you know, a member, but, but I have found with you that, you know, and some of the things that I've either heard or listened to you over the past couple of years that I feel like there's there's something more there um, and and a real reason for, you know, for wanting to be chair at Finos. I'm a believer, right? When I believe in something, I'm the type of person that has to do it all, right? Like, and I really believe in what this foundation stands for. It's First of all, the people on the board are absolutely brilliant. I, it is truly an honor to be part of this organization. The problems that, that are getting solved, the innovation that comes out of the conversations, it's, it's like no other. It's, it's been such a golden opportunity for me to learn and expand my knowledge base and meet other people that are trying to solve not the same problems, different mm-hmm. problems, but in the same way. Like, yeah. like I've I've been I've been given multiple opportunities to look through different lenses, and I'm internally grateful for it. Um, and I want to give back. I want to help. I want to encourage people to keep pushing forward. There's so much more we could be doing with this group. We've got so much seniority sitting around the table that has so much control over the tech stack at these banks. Mm -hmm. Like if we solve one big problem together, it will, the business impact of that is in the billions. Yeah. And so if you add it all up, like it's, it's ridiculous how big of an impact this can make. And my passion for this you know, starts with the fact that I feel it just so humbled and grateful to be in these people's company 
that like I never thought I would get the opportunity to meet these folks ever in my career, never mind share a table with them. Right. So when I was asked to be vice chair, mm-hmm. I was like blown away. I was like, you're joking. You want me, me from the Canadian bank to sit with you from the tier one banks, really? And to get to serve that way. And then when I switched jobs and came back and Gab came right back to me and said, well, we want you to come back into the vice chair seat and and, and sit with John from Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. I was like, first of all, just sitting with Dove was like <laughs> mind blowing to me. How much I learned from Dove was like, and in my lifetime could not imagine like the opportunity of sitting with Dove and Allie and then getting the opportunity to now sit with John was just, just honestly the biggest compliment of my career and gift I could ever ask for. And now being the one getting to lead it Mm -hmm. with Neil from JP, it's just, I want to just do as much as I physically can for this organization purely because it's making a big difference. I've been able to cut my budget I've been able to save headcount and I've seen real material change happen in the, in the, across the industry because of it. And I want to make sure we keep it going. That's cool. Well, don't sell yourself short. Um, uh, you are definitely holding your own, um, from what, I, what I've seen. And, and I may have heard some, uh, birdies in our organization that talk the same about you. So, uh, uh, so, um, keep up the good work. We, we appreciate it. And, 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 and listen, this isn't a love fest of, of Finos and everything. It, it's just, you know, like it's, you know, it, it is, it is incredible to see, you know, no matter what industry it is, you know, when things really start to work and, yeah. and you know, and, and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm lucky that I get to hang out with all of you. Um, uh, next week as well with a board meeting coming up but um um we'll be passed by the time we we this comes out but you know yeah it, it's just you're right um you and everybody else that's on the board and 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 you know and knowing that you know not everybody's not solving the same problems but they are solving it in very similar ways and they're doing it together you know um, I, we, we kind of joke sometimes about the, the fact that, you know, I, I said before that, 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 you know, banks haven't always played well with each other, but I'm seeing a huge amount of collaboration now, but I think you wanted to say something as well. Yeah. So first of all, without collaboration, we all fail, right? There's yeah. no I in team. Like yeah. it's that simple. There is an I in Kim though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but with that, you know, I go back to the late 90s when I launched Broker Tech, right? I remember mm-hmm. I told you I was a third employee of Broker yep. Tech. Yep. So Broker Tech was, you know, was funded by eight shareholders. And my job was to bring the eight banks together mm. to deliver a US Treasury and an EGB platform to compete with Canner Fitzgerald, to compete right. with eSpeed, who had the whole market. Right. Now I had nine months to deliver that platform. And I had a lot of opinion at the table Mm -hmm. on how to deliver that platform. And when I tell you it was collaboration and thought leadership at the table to get that done, 
but it was the perfect example of everybody marching up the hill together nice. to achieve the same goal. And I look at this as exactly the same thing. Yep. Yep. And that's why I'm so grateful to get this opportunity to be the chair. So I truly believe in it. Very cool. Well, we believe in you as well. And um, I, I think we should leave it there. Um, and, you know, looking forward to working with you and your team. Um, uh, you can give a shout out to somebody who's your right hand person has been there for a while if you want to as well. Well, I can't do this without Mike DiLorenzo. But, you know, I, I, I love working with both of you um, because, you know, I, I think you're a great team together um, from what I've seen. And, and um, you know, again, you, you help you help drive us as well. And so that's um, uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, a big shout out to the whole fitness um, management team and making it all happen. Thanks. We appreciate that. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. You guys do an enormous amount of work. All right. Well, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Well, and speaking of amount of work, um, you know, I hope you'll be able to join us in uh, December 8th in New York uh, for the Open Source and Finance Forum. Um, and I uh, hope you'll be able to join us from stage as well. I'm going ahead and asking asking live in person as we are right now. But um, uh, but uh, but looking forward to to seeing you again um, for board meetings and looking forward to uh, hearing you from the stage as well. And, um, you know, if you have any final remarks uh, to, to lead us out, I'm happy to hear it. Um, just, it, you know, if you haven't embraced open source yet in your organization, I highly recommend you do it. You will save time and money and um, definitely be able to innovate in a much more efficient way. And I hope everyone has a great weekend. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hope Thanks, everybody did. Hope you do too. And um, uh, with that, I'm going to say, you know, get involved with the projects through the landscape um, to find out what projects that we have. Uh, sign up for the mailing list so that you know uh, which meetings are coming up for all of our projects. Um, our our events that are coming up as well um you know learn more about um kim and the rest of the board on finos.org forward slash board uh, or governing board maybe um and um, um and again thank you so much i appreciate it as always and uh, with that i'm gonna say good day good night wherever you are mm -hmm.